I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. This time around, the fastest man alive, thy kingdom come, a big old boom. The legions in the house, a little hero worship, but no love for the last son of Dryad. We're rolling our D20s as the podcast hits an even score, even though we're all more than a little bit odd. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Hey, everyone. We have got a special treat for you. I I teased it last week that we were going to have a special surprise. Some of you who read through my cryptic writings up on the website kind of got the hint that we have a special guest joining us today all the way from Boom Studios. His writing credits are as long as my arm and then some. Please welcome the editor-in-chief of Boom Studios, Mr. Mark Wade. Why, thank you, special guest indeed. There's only <laughs> nine people in the world who haven't heard my voice on these podcasts by oh, now. But it's, a, it's really an honor for us to have you on our show because we, I think every single one of us here at some point has been touched by some bit of writing that you have done. And, and your writing career really goes back a long ways. Why, why comic books? Why did you get into that? I actually, I just fell in love with comics when I was a kid, the same, same as a lot of us. And I just, I, I never hit that period that a lot of people hit where they, you know, get their adolescence and they discover girls and they discover cars and they give up on comics for a while. I mean, I discovered all that stuff and I do like girls and cars, but uh, <laughs> I, I just never stopped reading and buying comics. And then as I got into my college years, I kind of decided, okay, somehow, some way or another, this is where I need to end up. This is my, this is my chosen career. I just had no idea how to get there. What uh, what's your favorite car of the moment that you're really digging? I re- somebody drove a Tesla by the other day Ooh. here on the streets of Los Angeles, and I just I, I nearly followed that thing for two miles just watching that thing. <laughs> are so, you are you more into new cars or classic cars or more more new cars? But there's not a whole lot out there that I see these days that I really want to drive. But man, that Tesla! Like I just if I could you know if I felt like selling a kidney or something to pony up the the money for it, <laughs> yeah. I would. I, I could try that thing. It's certainly it, in the six figure range, so I'm sure it has a I'm sure it has a dialysis machine in it somewhere, <laughs> given all the other crap that's in it. So yeah. Well, you know, it was about this time, well, pretty close to this time a year ago, that there was this huge surprise announcement at the San Diego Comic Con that you were stepping on board as the editor in chief of Boom Studios, and it's been a year later. How has the job been treating you? It's been it's been great. It's been a completely different job than any of us figured out it would be going in, but that's okay. It's actually been a lot more rewarding in a lot of ways. I mean, when we when I took the gig, you know, the idea was that we could we could slowly build a line of boom titles uh, that you know reflected our taste and our sensibilities. And the reality of it is that. The and this sounds like it really sounds like I'm blowing smoke, but it's true. the 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 demand for our stuff was so large and and so vocal that uh, you know we started turning out a bunch of new books because we could not just the demand within you know the retailers and the fans and stuff, but also because I was having been there now for you know a, a couple of months once I was there. Uh, you know, I was able to rate my Rolodex pretty good and start calling up people and people I didn't think we would able be we would able you know be able to get for any any commitment and uh, they were all on board. It's, it's that was very flattering. There were a lot of guys who were willing to work for us uh, because they had good relationships with me and vice versa. And so we've you know it's been a very 
I've been very productive last year. It's it's been a you know it's been a lot of long days, but you know the support staff there at Boom is unparalleled, and so it's you know it's like I had to do it alone, which is great. Well, we've been following a lot of the Boom titles since we began the podcast, and even before the last couple of years with with the website. And you know some of your titles are very smart, very thinking titles, and then you have fun titles like Fall of Cthulhu and Zombie Tales and all these other things that are coming out. So, Yeah, and partic- yeah I, I gotta say, I'm particularly proud of the anthologies that we do, the Cthulhu Tales and the Zombie Tales, because mm-hmm. it's that really gives us a chance to, first off, to work with guys who can't normally commit to any longer commitment like Joe Lansdale or, or, or folks like that, but more than that, it also gives us a chance to be a little bit all over the map with, with tone. They don't all have to be dark, grim horror stories oh, that sure. are to change your life. I mean, there, you know, there's room in there for stuff that's a little lighter and stuff that's a nice change up. And so it's, you know, that's, that's the fun of it to me is right. Is editing the anthology titles, but the rest of the stuff I'm having a great time with too, because and I walked in the door, there was a lot of stuff that was already up and running. There wasn't, you know, as good as Northwind was, and it was very good. There wasn't much I could do to contribute to it creatively one way or another as an editor, because it was in process, mm-hmm. you know, same with some of the other books that we, that we are only just now finishing out. But, you know, it takes six or eight months of planning once you're there to really, you know, feel like the stuff that, you know, the stuff that you were able to shepherd from the beginning is finally seeing the light of day. Well, and I guess that's kind of one thing maybe we should touch on because maybe some of our listeners don't know the difference between what an editor does and what the editor-in-chief of a company does. I mean, there's certainly (laughs) certainly a big difference. I'm not, well, you'd think, I have no idea what the difference is either, to tell you the truth. It's funny, I was, tell, I was telling somebody else that there's, that unlike a lot of other job titles uh, in the entertainment industry, editor-in-chief is is one of those that really varies depending upon where you're working. I mean, it, ostensibly, editor-in-chief means that I don't do a whole lot of line editing myself. I instead turn to my support staff of of editors underneath me. We've got Matt Gagnon who is in charge of a lot of the stuff there. He's our managing editor there. We have Ian Brill, who's doing the Warhammer stuff. And we have George Christick, who's handling some upcoming super secret projects. And we've got a couple our eye on a couple of other guys there um, to bring in on an editorial level. So ostensibly, I should just sort of be overseeing them. But the reality of it is, it's there's just too much for anyone. You know, there's too much work there for me to just dump it all on those poor guys. And... I'm the only guy in the office who knows how to work Photoshop and Illustrator. So, <laughs> that's, you know, so you're the one so behind I, all the marketing stuff. I well, it, well, it's more that it's more that seriously, it's more that sometimes it's just easier when we need a correction made in coloring or in lettering or or in layout or something. Uh, you know, it's at five o'clock on a Thursday afternoon when it's got to go to the printer. It's just somehow easier sometimes for me to sit down and and make the change than it is to call up the artists and the writers and the the editors and. Or whether the artists, writers, the colorists, and the production guys, and and have them spend the night doing it. Um, so there's a you know there's a lot of fun stuff that's put together on the fly. There's been at least mm-hmm. at least twice when we uh, because I'm a moron, I didn't realize we'd <laughs> solicited two separate covers for an issue, and so you know the printer's sitting there going, so where's the second cover? And I'm like, no, oh! oh, yeah. and we come up with something out of you know out of the blue but it actually worked actually our alternate cover for Salem number one to tell you the truth was was that it was a white cover with uh, some inset panels on it and to be honest that was just me and uh and my photoshop and my Wacom tablet and a couple of hours trying to cobble stuff together so uh luckily it turned out really good looking but that's only because I 
stumbled into it. <laughs> well, I mean, all this is to say that there's no there's no preset definition of what that job is. It's it's really sort of all over the map, and and everybody there at the company is like that. I'm very proud of that. Everybody is is pitching in and doing what they can. I mean, uh, we had. This, by the way, it's a much longer answer than you'd anticipated. No, so, no, please go on. Uh, the other day, we had uh, we had uh, some office furniture come in. As we'd sort of been working so heavily in our new offices and been concentrating so hard on getting books out that the simple amenities of having like a couch in the waiting room and stuff, stuff that we hadn't had a chance to turn our attention to. And so one day, Ross Ritchie, who's the uh, you know the the co-founder of the company and, mm-hmm. and the head up there, uh, he he's decided, okay, let's just pull a band aid and let's get it rolling. And so all of us spent an entire day just like cleaning up, putting stuff away, setting up furniture. I spent three hours in the conference room putting together office chairs from IKEA. <laughs> and it was it, everybody was pitching in. And what was great about that was that you know technically that's not on anybody's. Right. job description list, but no one groused, and when it was all said and done, we all were able to look around this this fairly sizable office and at what we had accomplished, and it just felt more like a, a good place to work. So, so it, is this a little bit different than working for a smaller company where it's kind of al- almost like an Andy Rooney, or not Andy Rooney, but uh, uh, the movie where everybody just rolls up their sleeves and, hey, gang, let's, you know, let's all work together on this. It, it doesn't really it, matter. It, it certainly was. It was a lot more that, say, Late last year, before we actually managed to hire Matt and Ian and George and and some of the other support staff we've hired, uh, there's, a, there's a, a woman there named Jackie who works for Chip Moser, who was our mm-hmm. uh, who was our uh, uh, marketing uh, guru. marketing guy. Yeah. Thank you, marketing guru. And uh, and she, man, I got to stop drinking before I do these podcasts. <laughs> um, and uh, and she's you know she's terrific. We have this guy named Bryce in the office who is Ross's assistant and also sort of like a jack of all trades, getting stuff done there. So uh, we everybody there. I, I honestly have never been at a place. I've worked at a lot of places. I've never worked anywhere where not only does everybody work to 120 percent capacity, but everybody knows they're working that way. Like there's not that sort of slight infighting where two of us get behind the door and go. Yeah, man, I'm really busting my butt, and this other guy's just yeah. kind of jerking around. He's not, you know, what, what? Gee, he took the afternoon off. I wonder what's, you know, I wonder must be nice. None of that goes on at this office. Like we're all, you know, really working uh, and burning the candle at both ends, and and it's paying off. I mean, again, the attention that we're getting in the, in the slightly increased sales every month is mm-hmm. a slow, slow climb uphill. Uh, this is all good. Well, and I guess that kind of leads into two questions. The second question: We've had Chip on our show before, and we kind of talked about the big interest that Hollywood seems to be having on a lot of your titles. Are you involved in a lot of that, that deal making? I'm involved in some of it. I mean, it's the, the reality of it is that we, you know, we get some attention off that, but what I'm still proud of and what I sort of cling to, and that's certainly our editorial philosophy there is set by Ross, which is that we're not producing stuff specifically to target that market, what we're doing is we're specifically trying to create good comic book properties that are good stories. And then if we get the attention from that, then that's great. That just, that puts more money in the coffers that allows us to take more chances on, on some more stuff or, or, you know, it puts us in a position where we're able to hire freelance, you know, a lot more freelancers to work on our, on our material or office staff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I've had been working on some of that stuff. I can't really talk about some of it because some sure. of it's been, talking with directors, talking with writers that whose names you would recognize. 
uh, in the Hollywood world. And it's been, that's fun. And it's, it's great. I enjoy it. But honestly, that's, that's more of a, of a sideline to the job. The real job is got to get out the comics. Well, one, I guess one more question for me and I'll let the other guys ask a few questions, but you know, you had mentioned that, uh, your sales are going up each month and that's great to hear. I mean, that's awesome in this, in this time period when it seems like the comic industry is kind of in a decline as far as sales go. Numbers from other companies are starting to dwindle. Is there a problem in the industry of, of trying to find more readers? And if there is, what what would be your solution to fix the problem? Wow. This is, how much time you got? Yeah, I, mean, I know. We've got as much, you know, we've got all night, so. You know, I, mean, they, 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 I mean, the reality of it is, and I've always said this, it's a three-pronged problem right? that we don't, we don't have the distribution. We don't have the content. I'm speaking as the, as the industry in general. We don't have the distribution. We don't have the content. And the price points are way too high. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's, you can fix one or two of those problems, but you can't fix all three at the same time. And that's, you know, that's what it's going to take to eventually sort of return comics to being what it used to be, a, ma- a mass medium, instead of what we've successfully turned it into, which is a niche market, yay us. <laughs> um, I do think that, from my observation, this is purely, you know, one man's opinion, but I see the decline in, in sales across the board at comics companies having more to do with the fact that the superhero genre seems to be a little burned out at the time, mm-hmm. at this time. And, and, and this is, you know, this is not, you know, this is not me trying to, you know, badmouth superheroes. Nobody loves superheroes more than I do. But everything comes in cycles. It's happened in the 70s. It happened in the, in the 80s. It, ha- it, it can happen again. The notion that maybe the audience is hungry for a little while for something other than superhero titles. Uh, and for every... Uh, you know, for every time I hear that, you know, DC's sales have slid another couple of points this month or Marvel sales have slid a couple of points, and you just have to pick up, you know, Publishers Weekly and realize that, meanwhile, you know, in the graphic novel section of the bookstores, everything continues to expand. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, Bone uh, by oh, Jeff yeah. Smith, you know, with the, it signs with Scholastic Books, and all of a sudden it becomes, <laughs> you know, one of the best-selling comic books of all time, and that's mm. great. And you can't, so it's hard to, you know, it's hard to look at just the direct market and use that as the barometer of all comic sales. You know, right. I, I, you know, sales of superhero comics in the direct market are definitely on the slide. But that is a very specific circumstance, and I think that overall, you know, other genres are, are beginning to, you know, rise to, to meet that, that need. So as, as their sales dip, ours seem to go up a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is good. That, that, that kind of begs a question that I wanted to kind of touch on is, because it is a niche market now, and it's really very specialized, and some of the you know some of the titles out there are very very targeted. Um, do you see, do you think in the long run there's a way to hit that mass market without undermining or alienating the niche marketeers, the people like you know well us who've been <laughs> reading? Yeah, sure, for, yeah. I, we've I, been you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's possible to. I don't. First off, man. I think this is, this, is the, this is the reason people have me on interviews because I say stupid stuff like this. I think at this point we have pared the core audience down to such a a hardcore group of fanatics that there is nothing that we can do that won't offend you. Nothing. <laughs> nothing we can do that won't alienate you. Uh, uh, and, and again, I you know coal you know rather you know rather pot meat kettle. I mean it's you know I'm, yeah. I'm I can't. I can't complain. I'm a big hardcore fan too, but um, I don't know. I mean, I honestly think that we've, 
I think that the internet will be a, a huge part of our, our salvation as a medium. I think that the way that you know comics are received by each passing generation is probably going to have less to do with the 32-page floppy format and more to do with electronic distribution. Uh, once we figure out how to monetize that, then we've got another gold rush coming. But in the meantime, let's just take advantage of that. Let's just try to experiment with that. I know that Boom is doing some stuff along those lines as well, and we're getting ready to relaunch our website with uh, with content on on site. And we've had Excellent. our success there with our MySpace promotion where we, we put the first issue of Northwind and ensuing issues of Northwind up at the same time they hit retailers. And you know, much to our surprise, the sales did not go down because of re- angry retailers. They actually went up. Right. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I think you're right on on target there. Now, Mark. And I you, think. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. I was I was totally switching topics here. Are we Are we staying on this? Okay. I'll, I'll go. Go go go. Sorry. Um, Mark, you've uh, you've written a lot, and you've I mean, right now you're editor in chief. Do you prefer um, sort of steering the 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 storylines from the back, or do you prefer to just get in there and write? Do, you know, do you do you still sort of go home and write? What do you prefer doing? <laughs> I in a perfect world I do, but boy, that's just you come home at the end of the day after after wrestling with you know color separations all day, and it's really <laughs> sort of hard to shift into that. I will say this though, and this is kind of fun. I, I hope I understood your question correctly. By the way, it got a little garbled in the connection, but okay. I'm going to continue answering it as as if I'm just as if I understood. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> the I, what I have found is that while I'm writing a lot less in the last year. Uh, and I'm coming home and relaxing a little bit more at the, at the end of every day, and I don't, I no longer have to feel like with two or three assignments on my desk at any time. I don't know, I don't, I don't longer have to feel like my homework is due all the time. Mm. Uh, but what that means is that what surprises me is that when I do write, uh, I enjoy it more than I have in years because it's become more of uh, uh, something I do for fun than it is that sense of obligation, that sense that. You know, I'm Indiana Jones running out of the cave because of giant rolling boulders behind me, which yeah. is the way deadlines can be. I just finished doing a 12-pager for Cthulhu Tales that our artist, Chi, who is my go-to guy, yeah. uh-huh. uh, did. And I just, it's not a perfect story. It's a, I think it's a good little story. Uh, Chi, you know, hammered it out of the park. I'm, I'm talking about the script itself. But it's a good little story, and I feel good about it. And it, it was fun write. I think I wrote it in one sitting, um, and I haven't done that in a while. And it just—I I really enjoyed the process in a way that I haven't in a while. Is it is it fun writing Cthulhu Tales? I mean, this is probably if we talk a Creative Commons license. Lovecraft was one of the first people to say, "Sure, go ahead, use Cthulhu Mythos. Go ahead, use the Necronomicon in your other stories or whatever." And so now everybody has has tackled that. This has got to be a fun area to work with. It is on a couple of counts. One is that the mythology is so rich. And that the imagery is so strong, but more importantly, I I so salute that whole proto Creative Commons attitude that Lovecraft had toward his work. Uh, this is this is a guy who I really would love to you know if you if you play your game about five people you'd like to have a dinner at some point past present and future. Lovecraft is a guy I'd like to have at the table just so I could oh yeah you know raise a glass to him for not being so incredibly overprotective of his intellectual property that it just ended up dying a, a forgotten death and instead has become a part of uh, literary legend mm-hmm. and has benefited him immensely over the years. That's, you know, that's a real good test case on, on which to base the notion of is there a way to monetize it even if you give it away? And 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that is part. You know, it's more important to give your work to the overall culture than it is to worry about whether or not you're going to make five bucks in royalties. Well, and that kind of is kind of a nice transition into what some people might think is as one of your greatest works, and that's Kingdom Come, something that you created and just kind of threw out there. And, you know, it really it polarized a lot of people. Some people really like it. Some people really don't like it. But I think everybody... Name. Give me a name. Who? Who well, doesn't like... No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. <laughs> there, honestly, I, no, I, look, honestly, there, uh, there are things about it I look back and I sort of wince at. Not, not the art. The art's beautiful. And Alex Ross is a genius. And it's not fair to say I created it, by the way. It's fair to say that, you know, that Alex and I huddled up in a in a, in a couple of rooms in Chicago over a, a period of time and, and hammered some stuff out. But I see what you're saying. I mean, it, it's that you're saying that we, you know, we came up with this four issue universe and, and over the past 10 or 15 years or so, it seen, it tends to grow and grow and grow. Right. And in fact, it, you know, at one point it was, here's, it's this else world. It's not in continuity. And then after 52, it's back in continuity. And, and, and we've got Starman and we've got your Superman appearing in, uh, in the Justice Society. And so it's just, it's really interesting to see how that all comes around. There, I honestly, I have, uh, I could be unique in this situation. I also freely admit that I don't have kids. I don't have dependents. I don't have, heirs that I feel like I have to leave a, you know, a monetary legacy to. So that, uh, you know, you take what I'm going to say with that in mind, but I have been in positions where I have created things and they have kind of vanished, but the pay has been really good and, and I own them and they're mine. Mm-hmm. And I've been in positions where I've created stuff that I don't own and that, or that I've given away freely or next to freely, and the money composition hasn't been that good, but it grows beyond what I had originally created, and it becomes part of a larger tapestry. And of those two, the latter is always much more rewarding on any sort of artistic and personal level. Do you look at the current run of of Justice Society and go, man, I really like what they're doing with my characters? Yeah, I do. I mean, that's that's that's, that's a blast. That's like, again... I don't have kids, so that's yeah, maybe the next best thing I got, which is the notion that, okay, I've, uh, it's nice to be able to say I had a hand in creating stuff that endures past me and that there is some sort of legacy left. And, I, I again, I love what Jeff does in general. I mean, anything that mm-hmm. anything Jeff Johns does, he's going to do with respect and he's going to do with, with honor, and it's not going to be a matter of just dropping a safe on stuff or setting fire to what I'd set up in the past. I mean, Jeff is very respectful, which is great. Well, you're not exclusive with Boom, right? I mean, you can write for other companies still, correct? Right. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, I end up doing, you know, most of my most of my time at Boom because it's just, that's where I'm most comfortable at this point. But I'm still doing, I'm doing some Spider-Man stuff over at Marvel, which is mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've just wrapped up a run on Brave and Bold. Um, and there's the possibility of doing more DC stuff if it's the right stuff and if they like me and if I like what they're doing. And Who, who doesn't like Mark Wade? Oh, please. Please. <laughs> I love you, Mark Wade. <laughs> We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> well, the reason I ask that is because if DC came to you and said, hey, we would like you to pick up on, on this uh, Justice Society run and kind of have you revisit your, your characters that you created, would you be open to do that? That would be tougher because that was something that was a moment in time with Alex Ross. Mm-hmm. And I believe the last time I tried to do something like that, we came up with this thing called the Kingdom, which no one remembers fondly, with it, including me. So uh-huh. it just it clearly there was some sort of, you know, that stuff needs the alchemy of Alex Ross 
to really sing. And, you know, but that said, if, you know, if they, you know, if, if, if at some point in the future, you know, somebody comes back and says, Hey, we want to, you know, we want to do more Wally West down the road, or we want to do something with Bart Allen. If he, if he survives, mm-hmm. you know, the next nine rounds of continuity shifting or whatever, then, you know, there's, there's, there's that possibility. I'm a little gun shy now having the, the horrible, horrible flash experience behind me of the past year or so. Well, can you, can, little, can you talk a little more a little gun shy about, about picking up stuff that I've touched before? Well, I was going to, I was going to say, that's what I was kind of leading to because you had a brilliant run on both the flash and impulse. And in fact, way back in the nineties, Back when I got my AOL email account and was surfing around AOL, there was this guy, Mark Wade, who was talking about his impulse run. I was like, oh, Mark Wade, is, is there any chance you could send me one of your scripts to just kind of look over and kind of deconstruct? And you gladly sent it to me. And I was just like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. But, you know, you had that entire long run on The Flash, and then you came back last year. Is it different revisiting these characters again, both with, I guess, even Legion of Superheroes is the same way? Yeah, Legion was a different animal because that was a a mandate to do a clean slate reboot. That was, you know, that was try to find the stuff that works and re envision it for the twenty first century. That's a, that, and that was in its way a lot less dangerous. Whereas with Flash, I didn't, you know, it was still the basic setup, the same basic continuity. Um, I don't quite know what went wrong. It didn't. It didn't do well. It didn't hit expectations, including my my own. And I think some of that is because I made the conscious choice of uh, right or wrong. I made the conscious choice of if I'm going to go back and do the Flash, I'd rather do something new and interesting and different, and mm. and uh, something that is a different take than than like the you know the 89th issue in a row that I have already done. Like I'm picking it up like like I never left. I didn't want to pick it up like I never left before. I wanted to change the point of view. I wanted to add the kids. I wanted to to shake it up and 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 do some interesting things. And it was a gamble. And sometimes gambles pay off, and sometimes they don't. And this is one of those where I came up snake eyes. And it's a shame, but I I try to console myself with the notion that nobody bats a thousand. So. Well, well, if it's any consolation, I actually like how you brought everything back because in your first run, it seemed like you were building this big family of everyone from Max Mercury and Impulse and Jay Garrick and Jesse Quick and and everybody else, Wally, and even a, a return of um, of uh, Barry. But then in this one, you're dealing with a different kind of family. So I kind of I dug it from somebody who just had a kid and was kind of going through some of those weird moments, too. So... It, it's, I, I, if, you know, as somebody who's just had a kid, you know as well as anybody that, you know, it's just, even though you're prepared to some degree and you've done your reading and you've done your research and you've been advised by your parents and your grandparents, there's still no rule book and there's still, every day it's a learning experience. And, right. and I just thought, man, how much fun to put Wally West in that situation where it's not just that, but it's two of them and they're, they're suddenly adolescents. He didn't even have time to train to get them to be adolescents. They're suddenly just adolescents. Yeah. Um, it was like I said. It was a gamble, you know. Whether or not it worked or not, in the long run, I, you know, we'll see whether anybody drops a safe on those kids in the next six or eight months. You know, I well, I they're have in no a, they're in the middle of a final crisis, and every flash somebody has to die. So I know, and there's nothing Bandadio likes more than swinging an axe at the Flash family. So we will see. Who knows? Now, do you do you prefer to write within the framework of, say, the DC universe or even the Cthulhu mythos, or do you, you know, given the opportunity, would you like to create more sort of stuff from scratch? I uh, I would have said a, a few years ago I, I like more working within the 
establish framework and continuity just because it's stuff that I know and stuff that I feel very passionate towards on a uh, you know, on the level of somebody who's loved it all his life. As I get older and as I get more involved with new artists and new creative voices and, and work with uh, ensuing generations of creators, uh, I want to do more of my own stuff, and that's part of part of the planet boom as well. Part of the planet boom is to is to really for the in the next year more so than we have in the past year because I've just kind of been getting the job up and running. Uh, in the next year, try to create a framework by which I'm doing a lot more uh, of my own stuff at boom as a writer, and that's you know that's on the boards. We don't know exactly when or what or what it'll look like or, or what have you, but we're currently in development, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, boom, boom. Sort of specifically, you guys have stayed away from superheroes to a large extent. Yep. Um, this and we, is, and we, and we still will. If I have okay. anything to say about it, so anything I do there, I just I don't see any point in doing superheroes. I just, I why are we competing with Marvel and DC? They do superheroes better than anybody else in the world. It's like opening up a a, a hamburger place next to McDonald's. You just, <laughs> you know, I. I honestly, I'm a big believer in a big believer in counter programming, and I really think that, you know, if we are to succeed as as Boom Studios, you know, I think that, I think the day we, you know, I think the day we announce that we're dumping all our other stuff and doing nothing but a big giant Chinese superhero universe is the day you can just start the clock ticking. <laughs> we had a couple of readers. Um write in with some questions, Mark. The first one says, uh, Mr. Wade, which regular series or story arc do you look back upon and say, man, I really wish I'd come up with that run or that idea or that story? Wow, that's an excellent question. Um, And I, you know, I I really wish I'd come up with the idea of of Bruce Wayne Fugitive from Justice, which they did a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I really think that was a really good run of books and and frankly i also see what grant's doing in the batman books right now with the black glove and with batman rap and i have a little idea of where he's going but i've made him keep some secrets too and that's another I- a couple of ideas that i f- i wish i'd come up with again <laughs> see grant morrison answer see grant morrison see whatever grant does that's the stuff i wish i'd come up with on, on the flip side then is there something that you personally have done that you look back on and say Oh man, I really would like to forget that for the rest of my life. I believe we've already mentioned Kingdom, <laughs> but thank you. I, yeah, the, the, yes, the the spinner rack is is full of that kind of stuff too. But you know, um, and frankly, in retrospect, I I made a mistake by going back to Flash. But like I said, we just we we just keep rolling along and hope that time forgives us our slight sins. So. Another reader wrote in and said, I love Mr. Wade's Marvel work and and want to know more about what is on the horizon. I know he has something doing uh, Spider-Man related, like you already mentioned, and I was wondering if he was doing anything that I'd really like to read. I have a uh, strict policy against comic books where heroes make deals with Satan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then you won't like my new series, Bargain Man. Um, <laughs> it, I... I, there's, I've, Steve Wacker and Tom Brevoort and Joe Casada and Dan Buckley and all those guys have always been great to me and they've they've always made it clear that it's I, I'm welcome to come in and and browse the aisles all I want and that's very cool and and it's just really it's been more a matter of trying to come up with the time than trying to come up with the stories of the interest I mean I've never tackled Hulk I've never tackled Thor I've never tackled some of the you know some of the other main I've never tackled Iron Man who 
you know, I liked, and then Robert Downey Jr. made me love. Yeah. So now, like everybody else in line, I'm like everybody else in comics. I'm lined up to write Iron Man at some point down the road. Love to. Cool. Um, so I, yeah, it's the, I, you know, I hopefully as long as I, you know, can keep my fingers moving and keep the the keyboard working, then I, you know, eventually I'll get around to all this stuff. I appreciate his kind words. I appreciate his thoughts. Can I make a suggestion? Sure. Captain Ultra and the 3D Man. Oh, man. I, yeah, I love Captain when Ultra. I love Captain Ultra. And you can call it When Titans Clash. Oh, good one. Thank you, ladies Thank and gentlemen. You. He'll be here all week. Thank you. <laughs> we, we have Matthew on board as kind of our resident uh, comics guru. And, and I understand, Mr. Wade, that you are quite the... I don't know, knowledgeable savant. fellow. Yes, yes, a comic I book savant. I believe idiot savant are the yeah. words you're looking for. <laughs> so would you mind uh, pitting Matthew against a little uh, a little contest of, of wits here? I have <laughs> wit. <laughs> I, I, I be, I'm not entirely sure your definition of the word wits is the well, same as mine. But we will... No, it is. Trust me, so, if you knew me, you would know it's the same. So we the can, uh, the categories are, Matthew, are you ready for these? The categories oh, man, are... This is, I, this is why it sucks to be Billy the Kid, because everybody is always out gunslinging for you. Okay, well, go. What okay, the categories are Mark yeah. Wade's favorite car, Mark right. Wade's favorite foods, right? Mark Wade, uh, books that Mark Wade has written. <laughs> yeah, we're just kidding around there. Actually, yeah. the big question is, Matthew wants to know, or Matthew does know, apparently, yes. what Shazam stands for in uh, Billy Batson and also right. for uh, Teth Adam. Do you know Do you know both of those? Oh, wow. The Black Adam ones are harder to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Captain Marvel yeah, himself is not that hard to is not that hard to do because again and again that you know it was it was also different for uh for mary marvel as well correct back in the day but but you know as i recall with you know billy Batson, it's solomon hercules atlas zeus achilles and mercury which everybody knows right everybody oh of course everybody knows those yeah well, everybody knows that. Well, <laughs> anybody ever watch the everybody ever watch the, the show exactly yeah. and then uh and i believe jeez let's see Shazam is Shu, Horus, Amon, Zahuti, Akon, and I can never remember the last one. How am I doing so far? Is that five or six? I think you're four of six. I believe the second one was Herschef, isn't it? Uh, is it is it Herschef or is it Horus? To the wiki. To the wiki. We was exactly. Go, yeah, somebody queue up Google. I believe it was. I believe it's Horus. But and, oh, Mayhem. That's the last one. Mayhem. There you go. Excellent. Okay, that's impressive. Well, and that's you know that really that is also your definition of the word impressive, not the same as mine. <laughs> <laughs> what is your definition of impressive then? The Mary Marvel ones. There you <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. So even I, even that one, something because they change that like every three weeks. It seems like right. Um, Plus, she's a girl, and nobody. Ah, <laughs> uh, we all love Mary Marvel, even though she's turned evil now. Yeah, so. or whatever she's done right now. Or whatever Mary. she is. What is yeah. what is Mark Wade doing his free time? <laughs> Do you free have time. free time? <laughs> you, you're a funny man. Um, there's no free time. There well, is. You mentioned there is, you mentioned you saw Iron Man, so you must have liked that a lot. I did. I loved Iron Man. I liked Hulk. I didn't. I didn't adore Hulk, but that's only because I, I'm. A, I'm not a big Hulk fan going in. I'm not. I don't dislike Hulk, but it just. It was never one of my go-to characters. So, but I liked it. Um, so, I. But I don't. You know, I don't see that many movies in theaters anymore, as most of the American populace would echo. Um, 
I spend a lot of time, honestly, just catching up on my reading. I spend a lot of time diving through uh, DVD sets. Uh, I just I just spent the last couple of days just catching up on Battlestar Galactica. Oh, so. yeah, I need to do that. Yeah, Don't and, give away any spoilers, even though this is the okay. Major Spoilers podcast. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so tempting. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> what what turns out Rosebud uh, is a sled. No! <laughs> oh, man. I'm fired. Um, <laughs> but the best thing going, the best thing going right now is the new Doctor Who run. On oh, the yes. Day. Yes. That, that is like the, the, the two part of it just finished this past weekend, the, the Stephen Moffat Silence in the Library two parter. I watched that. And I just, if I never have to, if I never get to watch television again as long as I live, I'm good. Well, and that brings up an interesting question. I mean, you've, you've done a lot of writing. You've written articles on uh, pointers for writing for comics. Have you ever thought of going out and doing novelization or movie scripts or anything like that? I, I have. It's just a matter of trying to, again, trying to find the time. I've got standing open invitations here to do uh, stuff, uh, to do uh, TV scripts, to do movie scripts and it's just it really is just trying to find the time and i also just enjoy the comics form an awful mm-hmm. lot and I, and I know it well whereas I've, I've never had the time to <laughs> it's not just a matter of sitting down and saying okay i'm gonna write a, a movie script today it's a matter of having to sort of relearn what i know about writing and, and having to learn a whole new craft and it's that's the that's the time suck and i just haven't had time yet prose I don't think I'll ever tackle prose because it's just it's just not my thing, and I don't do it well. And when I do write prose, it just it's like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, keep a good thought. I, I I'm sure I'll get around to that stuff sooner than later in in all media if I can. I mean, my my goal would be to get not to you know, to get to the end of the decade having at least tried some TV and movie stuff. So, well, I would thank I, you with go ahead, Matthew. I actually uh, kind of on that note uh, vaguely sidetracked. I. Uh, I work in a comic store, oddly enough, freakishly. And uh, one of the things that came in a couple of weeks ago was a big stack of Amazing Heroes. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah I love and doing been, that stuff. I was rereading some of your old stuff, and there was one where you, you were telling the story of the first time you called and interviewed Fred Hembeck. And oh, I was that's right. Starting out in, you know, I don't know if you'd call that the, the fan press or not, but starting out as a fan and then moving into that side and then moving to comics and then going from comics to another medium. I mean, do you feel like starting as a fan makes it easier or makes it harder to try and move out of comics into TV or movies or into something else? I would have said a few years ago that it makes it harder, but that's no longer true. I mean, the the reality of it is, and the exciting thing about being in movies and TV out here is that uh, comics is now not only accepted and embraces as a, a legitimate art form and a legitimate medium, the same as TV and movies and anything else. But more and more, the guys who are now have grown up to be producers of television shows and movies and so forth, they grew up reading comics. So this is not a novelty anymore. It's not, you know, I, I'm more, I, 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 I met a guy for the first time this past weekend. I, I don't want to mention his name, but he is the, the highest paid screenwriter in all of Hollywood. And if I if I said his name, you would know it. And if I said the three movies that he's written, that you would know. David Goyer. Three, three of the gro No, like <laughs> higher. Oh really? Okay. I, just, I can't. I'm not gonna make a guess. I'm, saying, right. I'm, not, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying just because I don't want to say. I don't want to be sure, all sure. Mr. Name Droppy or whatever. But but my point is, my point is that uh, I was a huge fan of his, but much to my stunned surprise, he was equally a fan of mine. And he said, "The last time I saw you, Mr. Wade." was 10 years ago when I was in Golden Apple Comics 
here in Los Angeles getting my copies of Kingdom Come signed. Thought, wow, wow, cool, that's, wow, that's awesome. That's... And it that's not and that's not a story about me. That's a story about how cool it is that we're a position now where so many guys who are in power in Hollywood they dig comics. They really get them, and they and it's not a matter of it just being a novelty that will burn out with them. They they understand that it's a legitimate form of storytelling. So that's great. Well, do you have any quick recommendations for people that are trying to break in who maybe want to get in as a writer or or editor or whatever? It's yeah, uh, writer. Honestly, find yourself an artist somewhere somehow and do your own comics, even if it's just something black and white that you print up at Kinko's, just something so that it looks like a comic book, because that's much easier for editors and publishers to read and get some senses of whether or not you know the form than a 22-page script, which I, I say, you know, I, with the best of intentions, I want to bring new people in myself, but my desk is now covered with slush pile submissions, <laughs> and at the end of every day, despite my best intentions, that becomes the last priority. Uh, editorially, Ten years ago, I would have said know how to tell a story and know about uh, spelling and punctuation. And now I would tell you in all seriousness, learn Photoshop, learn Illustrator, learn, uh, you know, learn how to work with electronic files, uh, learn the production end of it, because the editorial and the production end of things as we grow more and more electronic uh, are sort of melding together. Excellent. And you've got uh, some convention plans going on. You're going to be at uh, some upcoming shows? I do. In fact, I'm going to be actually flying out in uh, 24 short hours to Heroes Con. Oh, excellent. In Charlotte. Uh, I'll be there this weekend. That's the that's this coming weekend of the, what, the 19th through the 23rd. And mm -hmm. then I'll be at San Diego, as will most other carbon-based life forms in <laughs> media. And, uh, and the Baltimore show is always great. Uh, I believe that's the first part of september i'm not sure of the dates of that right off the top of my head but but that's the stuff that's immediately on the horizon but you know i'm not that hard to find at conventions if there's somebody selling old comics i'm probably somewhere nearby <laughs> excellent and can you give us any uh previews or spoilers of what's ahead from boom in this next year wow that's a good question as, as you I, go into your second year as editor-in-chief well i mean I'm, I'm stoked that we've landed the farscape deal we you know we've yeah. talked about that and we've announced that and that's going to be you know we, we've got some preliminary work in on that and we don't i don't want to jinx it by telling you who but like i said when people find out who we've got right in this thing their heads are going to explode joss whedon great. joss whedon uh, yeah exactly as a matter of <laughs> hey, joss whedon there you go true got it no no, no. As, as much as much as we'd love to you know but you're you're i will say this you're thinking along the right track that's all i can say um, ed wood ed wood we've, exactly, we've got that we've got we've got that moving we've got uh we've got more stuff from steve niles coming up because that's done really well for us and steve's a great storyteller and and you know the master of modern horror or whatever you want to call him uh but good guy and a good storyteller uh there's, there's just a bunch of stuff and uh you know chip knows as much as i do maybe even more so yeah uh it's going well though well mr mark wade Editor-in-Chief of Boom Studios, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, to talk with us today on the show. Good time. No, my pleasure. All right. I have, I have one last thing before you go, if I may, okay. real quickly. Because Steven and Rodrigo, they can't be a part of this because we know it, you and I know it, and everyone out there knows it. There's Legion people, and then there's the rest <laughs> of the people. <laughs> All right. So I, I want to know, from the perspective of the, the drooling, slack-jawed, inbred, grit-eaten moron fanboy, yep. which I am, who is your favorite Legionnaire? Bring Five. 
There you go. I can't believe you even had to ask. Brainiac Five. I could I could write snarky genius characters all day. I love that more. I, I love doing that more than anything in the world. And but you have to admit though, Block is one of the worst Legion characters. Correct? No, I gotta say, I, How I honestly, dare you? I, I I wish I loved Block. I wish I could embrace Block. I just I never got Block. Oh, oh yep. now I'm crushed. Where's, I'm heartbroken. Where's, where's that little spaceship guy? I like him. He's like a little spaceship. Quizlet. Yeah, Quizlet. Tell us about Quizlet. Yeah, see, everybody everybody, everybody who loves comic can draw the line in the sand between the stuff they loved as a kid and the stuff that started coming out after a certain point when they, yeah. were, no, when they were no longer in their golden age. Like, for mm. me, it's Firestorm. For me, it's the dividing line is Firestorm. Like, anything that happened before Firestorm is really cool. Anything that happened after Firestorm... Hmm, is cool. some new guy, um, and uh, and that's not even to denigrate that stuff. It's just everybody has their own, you know, depending on how old they are. Everybody has Absolutely. their own golden age. Right. So. It's death. It's Deathlock. The Deathlock revival in ninety three or ninety four for me. Everything yeah, after see, that is not my stuff anymore. Right. See, any, like anybody who joined the Legion after they left Adventure Comics, you know, in nineteen sixty nine, just doesn't yeah. feel like a real Legionnaire to me. And that's just that's just my own personal taste, and it has nothing to, to do with any of the great Legionnaires that have come since. So, all right, gents, I'm glad to have helped out, and right. uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very Thank much, you. Mark. And we'll talk in the future. Thank you very well. much. Bye. All right, take care. All right. Well, we really appreciate uh, Mark Wade being on the show, and uh, we'd like to take t- uh, thank Chip Mosher from Boom Studios for setting this all up for us. And we loved Left on Mission, so you know, yeah, a lot uh, of a lot of love. For come on, Chip Mark. Mosher. That that is, if you're looking for the next movie to pedal, that's yeah, the next hey. movie to pedal. Hey, everyone, next week, well, this was a really great show, and that's why we kind of made it our own standalone show. And, hey, we got it in under an hour, finally. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I've been telling people up on the message boards, and if you haven't been over to the Major Spoilers Forum, you should go check it out. I've also mentioned it on the Majorspoilers.com website a couple times that after Matthew and Rodrigo and I and even Brian and, and some other people that have been on the show, after we record the show, I just let the tape roll so to speak, Uh and we just have conversations about whatever strikes our fancy. And some of these conversations have been really, really good. And so what we're going to do next week is the Major Spoilers' second birthday. Two years that Majorspoilers.com has been around. And so we have... to us. (laughs) Yeah. We have at least... 10 episodes, lost episodes of the Major Spoilers podcast that we're going to bring to you, and we're going to bring them out each day starting on probably Saturday or Sunday. You can be looking for it. I, I know it's going to be running for the entire week, so yeah, check somewhere somewhere between 7 and 10. You'll find it in the feed. You'll find it on the Majorspoilers.com website. Uh, and last year for our uh, birthday, Matthew and I gave everyone a tour of our nerd rooms, uh, the Major Spoilers corporate headquarters in the uh, Headquarters East, uh, or Comic- Stately Spoilers Manor. Yeah, there there you go. And uh, so just as kind of a thank you, we've got this pile of, of lost tapes that we hope uh, that you'll enjoy. We've got things where we'll be talking about our favorite uh, geek out movies. We'll be talking about the new Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about Rodrigo's complicated life of LARPing. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a whole lot more coming up. Uh, next week and so we hope that uh, you download and listen to those and even if you don't that won't that'll be okay the week after that we'll come back and we should be at episode 30 and we're going to come back with a uh, uh, our trade paperback that week will be crisis on infinite earth so that'll give you plenty of time to dive into the bin and read it considering that we're 
just kicking off a new final crisis at DC. This might be a, a good one to go back and look at and digest. Please visit the website, Majorspoilers.com. Uh, friend us on MySpace. You can find us at MySpace.com slash Majorspoilers. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, suggestions, all you have to do is send us an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. We're going to have some great times with these upcoming episodes. We love pop culture, we love comics, and we know that you do too. And we'll see you next time. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. I don't care if the Hulk could defeat the Man of Steel. I'm going to rearrange your things and you continue to debate whether Logan's claws could pierce Steve Rogers' Spider-Man's a clone